It's uh, another week, another bottle of wine. There you go. Mixing up with... uh, Do you have any fun... A red wine. Fun little interesting things you can read off the bottle this week? Um... Nope, this is this bottle is very straightforward. There's a cool picture of an old wooden ship. I assume it's named Diversity, <laughs> which was an old wooden ship. Of course, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we're talking red wine this time around, so I may just rip off my shirt halfway through. <laughs> Can I get crazy? Oh, yeah. While we're talking about today's topic, that may not fit, but... <laughs> I'm all for it. Hello, everybody. Thank God we do an audio content, or we do audio <laughs> content. Request the video of Evan Roosh on my OnlyFans. And your request. I'm just stealing you for content. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gems of History podcast. Hope you're all doing well out there. I am your host, Jacob Shop, and joining me, I have Evan Roosh. Hey, everyone. And returning guest, Brandon Shiley. How we doing? Thank you for (laughs) flying in and spending so much time. to. really made the big trip. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm Glad we could get you back here. Yeah, was traffic definitely. bad? Yeah, it was bad? really tough, honestly. Yeah. You know, I had to make it through the parking lot. And there was a tow truck out there today, so I was a little worried. Did you see That's that? right, there was a tow truck. I don't know what they were doing, but he just drove off without Towing a car. Stuff, so. I hope. Like, they weren't towing anything. Well, they're, <laughs> they're not kinda, doing their jobs, right? <laughs> yeah. right? They just kind of chilled in our parking lot for a little bit. Someone calls him for a tow, and he just shows up and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. That's how, that's how I do my job. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess you did have to get past a vicious guard dog as well. True, true. Yep. Fought past her. Yep. She is terrifying. So. Okay. <laughs> Slobber and water all over yeah, the place. Yeah, true. Yeah, so for the listeners, Mizuki is six months old now, and girl cannot drink water. Like, she attacks the water with the true. ferocity yeah, of like, 7,000 winds. Yeah, she's biting it. It's not how it works, really. <laughs> yeah, she tries to bite the water. It's like, dog, tongue. <laughs> She'll figure it out. Right these days. Yep. How are you boys doing though? Doing pretty good. A little tired today. Was at Summerfest last night. Yeah, I saw night. you were at a concert. Who'd you uh, yeah, go to see? Saw Chris Stapleton with a couple other friends. I was one of a billion wearing a flannel. <laughs> so obviously it's a country concert, so everyone's wearing a flannel regardless. But now we're talking a country concert in the fall. Oof. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, it did or not success. stand out at all. Mm-hmm. I, that's true <laughs> just get lost in a sea of flannels i'm complaining about not standing out in a crowd of however many people seeing this amazing right. country artist but now is the perfect amount of drunk to enjoy that concert heck yeah over under 10 miller lights brandon come on <laughs> <laughs> they're expensive you never know we know. went to uh not a sponsor but we went to camp bar right beforehand just a little pregame and then went to the concert but no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Nice. And now I'm just getting updated texts about my uh, father, who, God bless his soul, he's a salt-of-the-earth man, uh, loves his bush light, loves his <laughs> just mowing does. the lawn, and got a text from one of my siblings saying that he's currently mowing the lawn with an entire radio in his lab <laughs> listening to music. Absolutely jamming. When, in case you guys were wondering, the headphones were invented roughly 30 years ago. Sure. I'm sure. That's, I'll take your words. No, it's definitely question. before that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a funny. I'll keep everyone updated. While, yeah, I think we need uh, a... You've got a picture, right? Nope. No oh, picture yet. Oh. Uh, my sibling's we'll have, working on it. We'll have the live 
Glenn yeah. feed going. <laughs> right. That's the first time our podcast will ever go live. <laughs> Join us on Twitch to get updates on Evan's father. Yes. <laughs> We're just filming him from inside. Yeah. <laughs> Lawn mowing simulator with she. <laughs> I can't believe that's a game. Like right. people paid money to mow a lawn, yeah. a virtual lawn. Or play a goat. Yeah. Goats true. actually goat simulator is pretty fun. There's all they have a simulator for everything now. Pretty much. <laughs> goat simulator. That's amazing. <laughs> how are you doing brando oh awesome man doing great just working right now really heck yeah yep new job yeah yeah it's going all right working early hours but get done early so there you go off now. <laughs> heck yeah yep. enjoy the last like month and a half that we have actual weather to, we can yeah. use fall golf is the best though I'm yeah Ooh, i do love fall golf <laughs> yeah. even though i mean i'm trash so <laughs> i'll hit it maybe a little bit to the right of the fairway like, that'll be my best shot of the day. <laughs> and I'll still lose the ball because it's underneath just a mountain of leaves. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. the toughest part, definitely. Old yeah, once you get a Q-zip out there and some long pants, oh, it's the best. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Brandon <laughs> I, and I went sorry. golfing before this, and there, we were on the ninth hole. Both of our drives went, like, just right of the fairway. Oh, and, yeah. like, the golf course, I swear, just opens up and swallows that balls on that hole because I lost a ball this time and last time just – that should have been so easy to find. It made no sense. It really didn't. And we looked forever in that long rough, too, where you yeah. think you'd be able to see him, but especially a red ball. Like I was going to say, I had a bright red ball. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's crazy. guess I just got to get good. I suppose. <laughs> that probably means so many different areas and categories just of life in general. Yeah. Like, get good. Yeah. See, the thing, like, with me is I'm, like, slightly above average at most things but i'm not like excelling at anything <laughs> there's like nothing that i like super stand out at yeah that's the tough thing about golf though you just keep going and playing rounds and you never really practice you just yeah. keep playing rounds and you expect to do better every time it's, it doesn't really work out but you never know <laughs> have the round yeah. of your life get to that goal for that spot, really. you have enough beers and you're just good to go yeah that's all that matters right <laughs> that like fifth hole and you're like wow i've had about two tree let's let's rock three drinks Doing down right. the hatch yeah <laughs> well yeah, how was the trip jacob it was great yeah mm. for those at home i went down to uh gatlinburg tennessee with some buddies we go down there every year but that yeah, was a blast we had like 12 of us for most of the week this year so it was Dang. a pretty big group but a lot of drinking uh hot tubbing nice with the bears yeah we got some bear visitors we had the first day it was uh like mama black bear and one cub and then the second day she came back and there's three cubs so we had four bears in our yard hanging out wow she works nice. fast yeah. <laughs> yeah, popped out two overnight <laughs> but that was the first year because that was my fifth year going and that was the first year that i've seen bears when we went up there so that was yeah. pretty sweet that is cool but yeah we uh did some hiking drove around in the hills and stuff went golfing down there which was cool it was a cool course but it was really hard <laughs> but it was just through like different mountain ranges yeah basic like the way the hills are on the appalachian yeah it was a great time it's like a par three is literally like a flag with a hole just on the peak of a mountain that's how some nice. of the greens basically were like wow. like if you miss the green behind it or to the right on one hole it was probably a good 20 feet you had to hit up to get back on the Jeez. green it was pretty bad that's insane <laughs> Yeah, so it was just a lot of weird elevation that made it kind of difficult. Yeah, but... target golf. Yeah. 
Fun it is fun. what it is, mm-hmm. as the kids say. It is what it is. I got an encore for karaoke for the first time, so that was kind of cool, That's too. a tremendous feeling. I can't... I, I'm not saying that from experience. I'm totally <laughs> it deaf, was, so. yeah, the first time it's ever happened. It was pretty cool <laughs> to get at, like a bar in Tennessee where I feel like people appreciate oh, music. Yeah. So. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. But, yeah, good time overall. Would recommend. Very cool. Great. He's going to leave us with this yeah. podcast and... He's going to make a big singing karaoke everywhere. I guess if that's what the people want. Yeah, I think that's what they need. We'll just have to take the show on the road, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, just tell me when. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) We'll just set up like on random sidewalks. Like There you go. Might as well. It's like that. Well, that one guy does like YouTube videos where he just sits on the sidewalk and asks people questions. I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard. Dang, it's an idea already. Someone already had an idea. Yeah. Mm. But Evan, you're going on vacation. I am. I'm not going to lie. A little nervous about flying on 9-11. Oh, my Ooh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize think that. about that. Yep. It's uh, it's very much ingrained in my head. Yeah. Um, but with that, I'm it. super excited. <laughs> yeah, vacation. Woo. Yeah. Vacation. Woo. Let's go. Yeah. Hand down to Florida. Just going <laughs> to chill on the beach. You're not going to have me next week for the podcast, most likely. Dang. Um. So, yeah. Are you going to invade my house, Jacob? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, well. I feel like it won't be that hard. He'll just probably let me in. Yeah, I'll just be here chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be me and you next week. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> That's fun. Where where in Florida are you guys going? We are going to Clearwater. Oh, okay, so nice. what's the address? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. don't even know yet. Oh. So, ha. Nice Sorry, try. listeners, you know I tried. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're just going to show up and... Just kind of pick... Yeah. No, it's one of those situations because Florida's Florida. You just have to, like... Claim your spot. Essentially just drive out all the gators that are in the... <laughs> yeah. That are currently <laughs> occupying the residence and... There's a picture that I have saved on my phone and it looks like an old-style art piece and it's just people riding on the backs of alligators and, like, using their tails to direct where they're going. Sure. I'm like, I feel like this is just Florida. Yeah. Like, I can barely is... get my dog to sit. And, <laughs> and it's like a woman wearing a, like, black Victorian dress with a veil on it and stuff riding on the back. It's, oh, what is going on? The knows not to fuck with her. Yeah, True. she is in charge. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that that's going to be fun. I'm, I'm Very sure you'll excited. have a good time. I may just become a beach bum and you'll never see me again. Yep. You're just so... going to turn so pink. Oh no! Look at Tanning that a little Whoa. bit. I don't know if that's gonna be enough. I don't know. You do burn pretty easily. We'll send updates. Follow yeah. us on Gems of History <laughs> podcast. He's gonna on get Instagram a sunburn. Twitter sunburn of our logo on his yeah. back. You gotta go. That's surf not or half bad too. idea. That would be Take good advertising. Bit. I just need to print out our our square JPEG logo. Just have someone like write Gems of History on your back in sunscreen, and then just leave that and leave everything else bare. Just a big G O H. That's not a bad idea That's at all. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm waiting on this. <laughs> Say, let's do it. Like, no. I'm yeah, involved. like you're part of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally all you. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, but thrive under pressure. <laughs> got to get it done somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, even he says so. It's and he's called, a guest. So you have to listen called to him. marketing. Ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could also just wear one of our t-shirts, but... Oh, I didn't, Tennessee. Oh, it, was, it was so funny, because Teddy and Brett both bought, brought their shirts down. Yeah. So there's a potential of all three of us just going out wearing them on the same day, but they wore theirs out, and then I wore mine when we went hiking, so that was fun. I got pictures of me in it on top of a mountain, so... Ooh, there you go. Worth it. Hot that, shit. Yeah, if you want to see that picture, check oh, yeah. us out. 
on the Gems of History podcast on Instagram. So check us out. <laughs> I'll never get into it. It's a great plug. But anyways, we should probably get into our trivia questions, huh? Don't oh, want to yeah. keep you people waiting too long. True. I mean, in our topic, too, that would be pretty sick. Oh, yeah. That's kind of secondary. Moose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I usually don't usually start off, so how about I go first this week? And for the listeners, I'm taking a little break off of drinking, so I'm not going to be doing shots for this. So yeah. I don't know if Evan and Brandon are, but... Oh, I don't. They don't have shots we'll ready. I don't have any. So just, <laughs> just take some party, sardy sips, huh? Yeah. yeah, we'll just drink straight from this bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> nice. You Second voyage. Sauvignon. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. not a sponsor. Perfect. Okay. How did Billy the Kid escape jail the first time he was arrested? A. Tunneled through the wall. B. Climbed out the chimney. C. Killed the guard. Or D. He was broken out by members of his posse. Hmm. Logic First off, I just want to say, D. how do you tunnel through a wall? Don't you have to go under to tunnel? Have you seen uh, Shawshank Redemption? They do it in that movie. Okay, I haven't seen it, but I'll Ooh, check it out. Spoiler. How have we lived together four years? Spoiler alert. And, <laughs> yeah, ruin it. And not watch that movie. I don't know. Why are you looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Jacob Frey. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What did I'm you gonna say? Go, oh, you guessed already? Um, I was just thinking out loud that oh, it okay. makes the most sense it would be D. That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm going right. to go with D. Do you want me to repeat them? Yeah. Or do you remember what? Okay, so A is tunneled through the wall. B, climbed out the chimney. C, killed the guard. Or D, he was broken out by members of his posse. Let's go with B. Climbed out the chimney? Yeah, I'm going D. Yep. Or broken out by members of his posse. Yes, sir. One of you is correct. There's no way there's a chimney in a cell, right? Well, you're wrong there. Bro. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, he climbed out the chimney. A chimney. Wow, reverse Santa. Huh? He was arrested for helping some guy steal clothes, and that was the first time he was ever in jail, and he just figured out that it's really easy to escape from jail back then. So he and he was, was tiny. So he Yeah, he's a smaller guy. So he just I mean, the kid. Climbed yeah. right up. Yeah, he, he was, was like, probably like 15. He was like, I think, like 16 or 17 uh, or something like that. So... Starting off young, but climbing right out them chimneys to get to the top. That's crazy. Honestly, respect it. Yeah. And then the legend was born. He, yeah. It's so easy. Like, he escapes jail so often <laughs> in, like, his life and, and just goes to a different state. And they're yep. like, eh, whatever. Kind of forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I always think about that with old West times or just back in the day times. Like, you could rob a bank and... Just wear a bandana. Yep, and go and to the bar next door, probably. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, move three miles away from said town and be fine. Crazy. Exactly. And they don't have pictures of you, so right? it's just like a crudely drawn wanted poster based yeah. on someone who saw you once. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the Old West was just wild, because the last podcast just finished their series on it. You could even say the Wild Wild, the wild West. West. Wild Okay. Even with Will Smith in there. We can't too. go triple mm-hmm. W and not just take shots or something. It's the wild, wild now. All right. Well, jog up. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I don't have shots, nope. so yep. Yep. drink my monster. <laughs> Man. So is this, gonna, is this your role now since you're not drinking? Just yeah. telling other people to drink? You I, know, yeah. I have to peer pressure yeah. you guys to drink He's more. Like, well, I wish I you could gotta take pick that up, sip, but gotta now you have to. Pick up my slack. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. We got to bring Darn. So, I mean, if you want me to keep drinking this red wine, I told you what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I'm not stopping you from doing you anything. You warned you. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, last podcast on the left just did their Billy the Kid series, so I listened to that, and that's where I got the question from. But uh, they're, they're talking about how easy it was to just kill someone, and basically, if someone called you a liar, you could shoot them and just be go up to the cops and say, well, he called me a liar, and I ain't a liar, and then they're just like, all right, good enough, and then just let you go. <laughs> what would happen if someone uh, stole your nose? Oh. That's worthy of a shooting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... At least the boot scooting. They don't <laughs> boot scoot and boogie. No, not the boogie. Um, no, he doesn't deserve it. Absolutely not. No boogieing in the wild, wild west. I guess. I guess nope. So. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, boys. Who wants to go next? I got it. I got a. There it is. All right. Here we go. I brought you a golf one last time. Brought you a NFL one this time since we're starting up the season. That's this right. Week. I can't wait to get so fat on chili and IPAs. Look oh, at this guy I'm being sit topical. on my ass <laughs> all day Sunday. All right. This one might be honestly way too easy, but who was the first NFL MVP? A, Paul Horning. B, Jim Taylor. C, Jim Brown. Or D, Bart Starr. That's a super interesting question, because when did they actually start making that award? I'll give you that. It, it was 1957. It was the first one. That was, like, I'm remembered, go basically. C. C? I don't Jim really, Brown. I don't really know, honestly. You said Bart Starr was D? Bart Starr was D, yeah. Gonna go with old Bart. Also, go All back, right. go. Go back, yep. go. Yep. All right. First NFL MVP was Jim Brown. Let's go. Really? Yep. He actually wow. won it back to back, 56, 57. And then I think it was Bart Starr in 58. So, yeah. Dang. There you go. What a guy. Yep. Jim Brown. He was nuts. The Cleveland Browns. Here. Jim Brown. Crazy. Yep. It always shocks me just how much different the players are. Like when you compare them to today and back in the day. I know this is like your typical sports argument for any of them, but players today are just superhuman. And yeah. back in the day, players were like plumbers yeah <laughs> like, right it wasn't even like big, a fully <laughs> right yeah it wasn't even their full-time job yeah winning the super bowl yeah right just go out there on a sunday and just yeah. get your head beat in just because yeah. <laughs> right just oh. for the love of the game that's crazy you gotta know, do that's... it <laughs> so got a pretty straightforward question for you too who was the first king of england was it a king robert b king egbert C, King Ren, or D, King Richard. Well, what was the second one? Egbert? Egbert. King Egbert. Egbert. Sounds like, like he's an expert. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's what sober minds do, folks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's way quicker than us. Prime content right there. <laughs> People at home are loving this, I can tell. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, These are weird names. I'm just going to go with A. Good old uh, King Robert. King okay. Robert. Um, what was the last one? King Richard. King Dick, if you will. King Dick. All right. He's uh, also a streamer, I think. King Richard. King Dick. Yeah, King Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Ren. Kylo. Kylo Ren. <laughs> Star Wars. I like that. <laughs> <brain though>. <laughs> <laughs> The correct answer is King Egbert. Oh, I was gonna. On. It's the weirdest name. I almost King had Egbert. to pick it because of that, but it had to be mm, Egbert. Just didn't sound right. So this comes from history.com. Uh, in 825, King Egbert defeated King Baron Wolf, uh, the King How of did Mercia. That guy just not do everything right. 
right? Yeah, well, he was a king, so he got that part. <laughs> nah, not, not of England, apparently. Yeah, true. This victory was a turning point in English history because it destroyed mercy and ascendancy and left Wessex the strongest of the English kingdoms. Hmm. And also, in just in addition, in additional reading, he was considered the king, but he essentially only ruled over four counties. Oh. But they were just kind of like, eh, have it. Sure, yeah. yeah, that's all you. I don't want it. <laughs> the people thought, well, it's 825, don't have much going on. Yep. Here's a king. Want to be king? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was kind of interesting, too. He was actually exiled and somehow did a comeback. And that hand gesture just was... <laughs> Egbert was exiled. Yep. And then hey, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, that's interesting, Evan. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard of an Egbert. I'm gonna name my kid that. That's about <laughs> Egbert Shiley. <laughs> Absolutely. We need to change our profile picture to Egbert now. I'm down. Can we just find like ridiculous names of kings from England and just use those as our aliases? Absolutely. And okay. Have someone like Photoshop their heads on our bodies. It's pretty bad. Don't look at me. I yeah. I don't know how to do that. that. But... I don't even have a computer. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> doesn't even have a laptop. <laughs> All right, Evan. What do you got in the in the pot cooking for us today? So, oh, buddy, it's already been cooked. That's, oh, she is slow that, cooking and ready to go. Oh yeah, started cooking her at like six <laughs> in the morning. Put on low heat. Oh, it's ready to get shredded. Oh, I smoked this bad boy for fifteen hours yesterday. Oh, I had to wake up, put some spices on it. Add ready some... to go. <laughs> do you add, use hickory chips or some, maple? Add some pellets in there. Yeah, you gotta use maple. Mm, oh, now you're just mm. Canadian. What are you? <laughs> Yeah, That's basically what we are. Yeah, we true. kind of go in and out with like Wisconsin accents and Canadian accents. But they're really not that different. So it's yeah, fine. No, 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 right? No, it's no. tomato, tomato. Yeah. Nope. Can- Canada, Amerikana. That did not work. I just had a stroke. Is your mon- <laughs> is the monster too strong? Over <laughs> I just had a stroke. It's fine. <laughs> so I mentioned last week that my topic would be another battle. And so I thought it would be really interesting to dive into another battle that was a turning point in world war ii so last time if you remember and also go back and listen to this i covered the battle of midway which as you know if you listen to that episode it was the turning point of the pacific theater uh, in favor of the united states essentially con- or don't want to say conquering because they didn't do it yet but turned the tide of war to america based on that battle so today we're heading to Europe, and today we're talking about the Battle of Stalingrad. All right, mm. all right. Stalin's a good guy. <laughs> Not. <Nah. laughs> <laughs> Don't isolate that. I'd right. be the one to do it. Expose. So I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Expose myself. <laughs> no, you'll definitely hear in this. He did not care much for his troops. That does figured. not surprise me. <laughs> Just rushes. Basic. And they didn't care about their people. Yeah. <laughs> stop me. Stop me if you've heard of this one before. <laughs> Little regard for human life. That is true. So my sources for this topic today was history.com, Britannica.com, and then the book Stalingrad, The Fateful Siege, 1942 to 1943 by Anthony Beaver. Tony Beaves. Yep. 
Tony B. <laughs> <laughs> He's somehow going to, oh, maybe reach out to him. There you go. That's all you, bud. That is Got to get your boy on the pod. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> your homies That's now. your boy. Right? <laughs> I've read your book. Get your boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we both have Stalingrad. Oh, you know, the battle that like millions of people died. <laughs> Great times. Favorite. Love it. So, the Battle of Stalingrad was one of the most brutal military campaigns of not only World War II, but a lot of historians consider it one of the most brutal military campaigns in all of history. And we're going to dive in just how the fighting happened, how many people died, how many civilians just got the absolute shaft. You're not allowed to just go back to back with me on depressing topics. (laughs) It's not how this works. (laughs) Well, I could just do a dogs episode. Dogs are actually in this. A little little sprinkle of a teaser. I don't know if I want them to be in this. Oh, it's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like it. Don't like it one bit. But I guess history is full of a lot of bad stuff, so it's kind of hard to not do depressing ones. History kind of stinks. Yeah. (laughs) Like, literally. Just reeks of dead bodies. All right, let's move <laughs> Wow. Lighthearted episode. Very yeah, lighthearted, yeah. Might need to start drinking again. Yeah, something. This is just such a dark topic. Breaks I hate Jacob me. to drink. Yeah. <laughs> so, Songrad is known as one of the bloodiest and longest engagements in all of modern warfare. Love that game. Tremendous. <laughs> tremendous I series. I was waiting for one of you two to die. <laughs> It lasted from August 1942 to February 1943, so a total of six months. Now, you may be thinking that doesn't really sound like a long time, but when you put in perspective, D-Day, or excuse me, the Battle of Normandy, which was kicked off by D-Day, so the Allied forces taking over very heavy entrenched German troops in Normandy, France, lasted only three months. Mm-hmm. And this engagement lasted double that during a Russian winter. I was going to say, that's not a fun time to be doing it either. Not at all. No snowmen were actually harmed in this entire battle. You don't know that. That remains to be seen. (laughs) That's true. That could just be a major conspiracy that Russia just tried to cover up. You just see a bunch of like half-blasted snowmen. Oh, jeez. They're just missing one of their buttons on their... The real tragedy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Hitler didn't think that one through very well. Not one bit, no. And we got some... I don't want to spoil it because we do have some good stuff coming up, but Hitler just... This was a big oof on his part. A big goof, if He's you will. He's got a lot of big oofs. Really fumbled it, huh? <laughs> really did. Fumbled really it did. on the one yard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, the Battle of Stalingrad saw more than two million troops fighting in very close quarters. So, the battle took place right in the middle of World War II. So to put in perspective, Germany just captured a majority of what is present-day Ukraine and Belarus through their Blitzkrieg tactics. And for those of you that don't know, what the Blitzkrieg really was, it translates to lightning warfare. And it's essentially Germans, or excuse me, the Army of Germany using tanks, motorized infantry, so actual dirt bikes, and uh, motorized artillery, that would penetrate an opponent's defenses in a narrow front, so all going in the line, dodging different pockets of resistance, striking deep into enemy territory, and basically 
encircling them in their defenses. Wow. So taking them on from both sides. With the German Air Force also providing very close air support, bombing key objectives, and establishing local air superiority. Nice. So the strategy for a Blitzkrieg was identify a weak spot, hammer that weak spot, and surround the enemy. Nice and simple. Yep. Rush them. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Get that engage eight going. Yeah, there you go. Just the worst play of all Madden. They I need mean, to take that out. Every <laughs> every Madden game. Ridiculous. And then you would just throw it up to Steve Smith yep. and have 500 receiving yards yep. to Steve Smith. Uh, and like, I'm not so bitter about it after a decade. Not <laughs> I so made better. him shut off what Madden in like 07. Two, oh, 07? Yeah, oh, we were yeah. playing like Madden like 07 or something. <laughs> and I just kept doing the line route to Steve Smith and would score like every every turn. <laughs> Drew does that too. With whatever. Every team. Right. <laughs> Yeah, literally just got up and turned off my PS. <laughs> like, this it was, is enough. The only time I've ever made someone turn off their console. Jeez, that was so funny. And that was the invention of the rage quit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Before the battle Stalingrad began, uh, Russian forces already successfully defeated a separate German attack that was aimed at the western part of the country, uh, where the ultimate goal was to take Moscow. So initially, Germany put their sights on the capital instead of Stalingrad. A lot of people actually think it was the other way around, but no, they first tried to take Moscow. But they made the mistake of doing it during the winter of 1941 and 1942. So they just did not learn their lesson at all. Hitler's like, no, this time it'll work around in Stalingrad. <laughs> don't, even, the time. don't even worry about it. <laughs> he just thought, what, it's the su- it's southern Russia. It has to be like good weather. Right. Can't be that bad. Just a little stuff. Anywhere Just in winter feet. in Russia just cannot be fun. <laughs> no, I can't imagine a single beach in Russia. <laughs> what does that look like? There's a penguin. Just stones. <laughs> just honestly stones. It's not even sand. No, no sand anywhere. No, no. So during that separate engagement, uh, the Red Army suffered significant losses, which is a definite key theme in every single battle that they, they uh, end up fighting, uh, both in terms of manpower and weaponry. So after this first separate engagement, uh, Stalin and his generals, which actually featured, fun fact, the future leader of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, fully expected another Nazi attack to be aimed at Moscow. However, Hitler and the Wehrmacht... Nailed it. You hear that, Flem? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> had other... <laughs> Uh, they had other ideas and set their sights on Stalingrad. I was going to say use those German lessons, but you... Only took German in grade school, not high school, so. Hablo Espanol, mm. por favor. See, si. I speak Spanish, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you got the first part. <laughs> Dang it. So, are you guys ready for a stubbornness throughout the ages? Oh, boy. Oh, oh. <laughs> Haven't done one of these since oh, episode, boy. like, seven. <laughs> <laughs> You, can, you should literally just put in the sound bite of me saying, yeah, we're going to be doing this quite a bit going forward. <laughs> just, just like the dream sound. It's like... Yes. <laughs> now, Stubbornness Throughout the Ages will be a pop-up trivia contest that I'll give to my co-hosts to highlight the men and women so stubborn they died. And it took us... This is episode 32, I believe. 33... I well, never get our social medias right, and I never get our episode count right. I mean, the only reason that I know it is because I have to upload them. Otherwise, I'd have no idea. 
So if you remember correctly, Stubbornness Throughout the Ages is a little fun game that we played in our Spear of Destiny episode, which go back and listen to. Very interesting. Give us five stars. Five stars as well. Um, also, my Venmo is. <laughs> <laughs> but it just highlights people being very stubborn about their beliefs, uh, plan of action. That eventually led to either their own death or the deaths of a lot of other people. I'm making up the rules as I go. I was going to say, at first, it was just the person died. (laughs) We're adding criteria. We can adjust. Lucy Goosey. Lucy Goosey. (laughs) That's the best part about having your own show. There are no rules. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, why did Adolf Hitler really want to take Stalingrad? I was hoping you were going to say cross the road. (laughs) (laughs) Was it A? Stalingrad had access to the Volga River. B, he dated a sweet girl that lived there. C, it was just simply named Stalingrad. Or D, it held the Spear of Destiny. There's no way. Whoa. You're going to throw callbacks at me? Wow. He's plugging his own work. Yeah. I like the, uh. the self-promotion. <laughs> oh, boy. See, there's like... You can reason every one of them. Yeah, that's just Hitler's just insane. So. True, he's done less for more, or more for less, I guess. I got sure. what you're saying, yeah. I think it's the second one. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I don't know if I do. <laughs> um, what are you gonna say? Uh, what was the first one? I I forgot the first one. Songrad had access to the Volga River. Mm-hmm. He dated a girl that lived there. It was named Songrad, or yeah. it held the Spear of Destiny. I think I'm going to go with A. But, yeah, I'm going with A. I'm going to go with C. So, the correct answer was, it was named Stalingrad. Wow. Nice. That, so, yeah, while no, A yeah, is... I really shouldn't have been so, like thought about it too much like, <laughs> that's that's right he's like, just dumb like that that I would just be the, spun real the wheel in my head and whatever it landed on. <laughs> so yeah. while songrad did have access to the volga river oil fields plenty of other good stuff the original invasion before they decided to invade songrad they were actually past the city already the main mm-hmm. army uh they were by the Caucasus mountains and one they didn't want to leave a major city unconquered behind them that just makes sense but the big reason for turning around and wanting to conquer Stalingrad was because of the city's name. Because he saw this, Hitler saw this as a major opportunity to ramp up propaganda once the city was taken. Change it to Hitlerland. Legit. Oh my it was man. that, as well as just back in Germany, you could say, we conquered the enemy leader's city. Yeah. yeah. That bears his name. So Hitler, absolutely horrific person. Piece of shit, terrific top tier marketer. If you look at his prior work with propaganda, prior work, yep. Check which we're not going to dive into. Do not check our he social medias propag- for that. We're not posting Nazi <laughs> propaganda on our social medias. We already said that the Denver airport is not Nazi propaganda. So. That is true. Wink. <laughs> Go back and listen to that. So, but for the same reason, uh, with the city being named Stalingrad. Um, that was a special reason why the Russian army felt that they needed to protect it and why Stalin would eventually 
issue orders to ensure that it wouldn't be taken over by the Germans. And two for two on stubbornness throughout the ages now. Wow. Look at How me. do you remember? <laughs> Look at me go, because I got the little shot bottle. For... Oh, that's right. The uh, and you said menthol that... And it will be ices going forward. The original idea was supposed to be with Smirnoff ices, and going forward it will be with Smirnoff ices. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Honestly, that's top tier. Like, if you can make that happen, I'll try my best. <laughs> yeah, did not plan this one well. No, you're all good. I'm just glad it, it popped back up. It's back, baby. Nice. Back and better than ever. Let's go. With new, new, new rules. <laughs> new the next time. one's going to be like, this is why, you know, some cattle got killed. Stubbornness throughout the ages. Which is not related at all. So the practical reasons why Songrad was important was like Brandon guessed technically correctly that it did have access to the Volga You're one River. For one in my eyes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it had access to the Volga River, which was the main shipping and transportation lane across just about all of Russia. It connected the western part to the eastern part. So it was the only way to get supplies, get armaments. Um, just in terms of talking about armaments. Songrad was the main industrial center for Russia on the Western Front. So it produced the majority of their artillery, their shells for, excuse me, their artillery shells, their bullets, their tanks. Their pasta shells. Their pasta shells. Any other types of shells they need. Mm -hmm. You know, Russia, famous for their linguine. (laughs) Yes. I've said it. With the vodka sauce. (laughs) Now we're thinking. Oh, I should have drank pocket today. What was I thinking with this wine? Wow. <laughs> Disrespect. Um, they also had, like I mentioned before, access to oil fields um, and also an easy path to the Caucasus Mountains and the rest of Russia. Before the battle began, Hitler, in his infinite wisdom, <laughs> declared that once Stalingrad was taken, all of the city's male residents would be killed viciously. And the woman deported, which we know now in hindsight that's most likely into labor or death camps. This actually added a ton of motivation, inspiration, and essentially just wood to the fire uh, that led to the fierce defense from Russia in this bloody and very hard-fought six months of the siege of Stalingrad. So, on August 23rd, 1942... The 6th Army of the Wehrmacht began their assaults. Throughout the episode... Just gonna get worse. Oh, <laughs> by slide uh, 17, I'm probably just gonna be like... <laughs> you you start, starting on the top, we're gonna make our way down. It's start like the, from the top, now we're here. It's like the, at the fair when you take the sack slide. All, you're gonna start in the little waves, and then you're gonna hit the bottom. Yep, and at the bottom, your shins are already exposed for whatever reason, and you now have slide burn. Oof. You left or half your calves from on. the sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you just have, like, lice from that sack. Yeah. <laughs> that thing hasn't been washed in seven years. At least. Doesn't need it. Nope. So let's talk numbers. For the German army, they Dinner were led by... Movie first. Then I'll give you my number. Hmm. Well, I mean, I can't get you drunk. How am I supposed to get you <laughs> uh, That's the secret. Oh. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> I apologize to... Everyone. <laughs> so the German army, they were led by General Paulus. They had 1,011,500 men. It's 
10,000 people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just wait till we get to the uh, Russian army. And oh, oh, yeah. I have the funnest but not funnest fact at the end of this. Russia, they just had people that they could just send. Like, that's the thing. They just have so many people. Yeah, to sidetrack their strategy for the war was just throw people yeah. at it. Yeah. They did not have much care, like we talked about before, for human life or trying to... It was just a, a war of attrition, just seeing if you could get through the amount of people that they threw at you. They tried their best, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> but the German army also had 10,290 artillery guns, 675 tanks, so panzer tanks as well, which, a little side tangent, they were so much better than any of the tanks that Russia or the Allied troops just had at all. They were equivalent to modern-day tanks, not equivalent in terms of targeting, but in terms of armor, the shells that they were using. Yeah, because didn't a lot of other countries just have pretty much light tanks? They didn't really have, like, a heavy tank? Yeah, the Panzer was a heavy tank, not really meant for mobility, while the Allied Forces tanks were meant for mobility to get across the battlefield fast. Mm -hmm. uh, just because of trench warfare... In World War One, you want to get across the battlefield as fast as possible. Where the Germans took the opposite approach with these heavy tanks that shells from Allied tanks would just bounce off. Wow. So, incredible German engineering. Granted, they were, they were death machines, but incredible engineering. <laughs> just like that VW bug. That's right. Death machines. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really, yeah. death. Uh, the German army also had 1,216 planes. The Russian army, led by General Zukov, had 1,500,000 men. 13,541 artillery guns, 894 tanks. So they had the tank advantage, and I'll get into it in a little bit. They were still struggling for a majority of this battle, just to talk to the credit of the panzer tanks. And then finally, they had 1,115 planes. So when we look at these numbers, they are very even, but we'll get into a little bit why Germany kind of have a little bit of an advantage. So within a few days of launching its attack, Germany's Luftwaffe, excuse me, Luftwaffe Air Force <laughs> uh, rendered the Volga River impassable to shipping. They had sank several Russian commercial vessels in the process of just their bombing. So imagine the Suez Canal. I was just going to say, no it's not an evergreen tanker. <laughs> if one of those bad boys were just named Evergreen or the Russian equivalent of Evergreen. Did you see that? There was a, another ship that got stuck in there like for a little bit. I honestly thought pirates stole it for a prank, and that's how it happened. For a second, <laughs> I first saw it. <laughs> so funny. So from late August through the end of the battle, the German Air Force conducted an unbelievable amount of airstrikes on the city. So when you look at before and after pictures, which I'll try to find good ones uh, for our social medias, the before and after pictures of Songrad, just nothing. Nothing alike. It was an actual city. Then the after, there wasn't a single building not hit by a bomb. And Songrad was a 30-mile city. That makes sense. So it's I looked it up, and for reference, that's... Basically as big as the city of Miami. So picture the city of Miami just being gone. Getting leveled. Just being completely gone. Um, Crazy. So just the air superiority gave the Germans an incredible advantage during during this battle. 
The city's Sosangrad's 400,000 plus residents were never evacuated. They were actually forced to stay during this entire siege because Russian leadership, <clears throat> Stalin, believed that their presence would actually inspire the troops. Basically using, if you want to put it bluntly, using their own people as almost hostages to live harder. Like live bait, almost. Exactly that, yeah. Crazy. What a good guy. (laughs) Both leaders during this battle just kind of said, you know what? I know you're my people, but fuck (laughs) yeah. Literally like two of the worst people in history. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that Stalin's just won like best man of history or something over in Russia like last year. Oh my. And his his country's very biased opinion, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He did great. So at the beginning of the battle, Russian forces were able to slow the German Wehrmacht advances during a series of extremely brutal skirmishes, uh, a little bit north of Stalingrad, but still leaking into the city at the end of the excuse me at the end of August. Uh, the Russians had an incredible system of stopping the Blitzkrieg tactics. So the tactics that I mentioned before, with lightning warfare, getting as far into the defenses as possible. Getting in there deep. Mm-hmm. Getting there. <laughs> you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> deep. <laughs> um, they used very effective flanking maneuvers because with the focus of the Blitzkrieg being going straight and hard through. <laughs> nice. Penetrating in the center. You leave your flanks wide open to just get railed. <laughs> oh, man. Can't be doing that. <laughs> Let me see your notes. A lot of these are bullet points from history.com. They didn't have majority it in, of it's improv on my part. They didn't have it in there like that? I'm not buying it. I'm checking the source. And now I'm checking my notes, and then Stalin fucked Hitler. What? Oh! <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, man. Um, except during, uh, during these early skirmishes, uh, the Red Army lost more than 200,000 men. So they lost 20% of their million men uh, defending Songrad. Yeah. But they successfully held off the German soldiers. For now. They did what they needed to. Got her done. So It's still just amazing to me that Hitler sent was able to send this much of its like army to do this battle while he was also trying to move into like Africa and stuff. He tried to just take I, on it, the entire it's world. It's impressive. Like, not in a good way that it happened. Yeah. But, like, from a military standpoint, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, when you look back at it, the Nazi war machine was incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want to use supporting language or just good adjectives describing it, but it was super efficient. Yeah. They conquered Poland in a, a week, I think. And Poland's huge. Literally just walked in. Yeah. Wow. Well. So the actual fighting itself in Stalingrad, it was street-to-street fighting. And like I mentioned before, Stalingrad's 30 miles long, let's call it. Every single building, every single street was fought for, like one by one. That's how the defenses were set up uh, from Russia. And then, of course, the counterattacks when Russia tried to take it back, the Germans did it just obviously defending or fighting off the Russians, excuse me. So... We're talking every single day fighting over one street 
for six months in winter. It's a turf war. Quite literally. Mm-hmm. And this is when gangs were invented. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so fighting raged in the streets of Songrad. Uh, both sides used snipers poised on roofs of the city's buildings. And I'm not going to get too into snipers uh, at this point. That'll probably be a separate episode for me. Um, but the snipers, like their kill counts were incredible during this battle. Uh, they were a huge reason why streets were taken. Um, I'm also going to get into very sad usage of snipers, um, but that's a little bit of a teaser. So individual streets, like we mentioned before, were fought over using hand-to-hand combat in some cases. Hell yeah. That's badass. (laughs) So the Germans took a great deal at the beginning of the battle. um, The Germans took a great deal of the city, but they failed to fully assert their authority. So areas captured by the Germans during the day were then retaken by Russians at night. So there was just a constant back and forth, back and forth. On the daily, um, I always think of the, or while I was researching this, I was thinking the phrase, give an inch, lose a mile. That truly applied to every single day, uh, every single aspect of this battle. And then, just to describe the fighting, uh, this quote is from Vasily Chukov. The heavy casualties, the constant retreat, the shortage of food and munitions, the difficulty of receiving reinforcements. All this had a very bad effect on morale. Many longed to many longed to get across the border. Was that German or was that? No, if it was German, it'd be like. Many longed to get across the Volga to escape the hell of Stalingrad. So this battle was just insane in terms of number of casualties, the actual ferocity of the fighting, what was going on with just every single street and a 30-mile radius being fought for this intensely with the pressure from the Germans knowing that if they, if the Russians lose, that everyone's going to get executed or sent to a camp, and vice versa, which I'll get into later, the threats from Hitler to his own uh, forces. So there's so much pressure on both sides, and just, I can't imagine being at this battle. Um, Oof. This kind of reminds me of, I was watching a documentary on, on HBO or something, and they were talking about the Vietnam War, and this reminds me of, I think it's the Tet Offensive, where it was mm-hmm. just fighting street by street, trying to take background. Just reminds me of that, but on like a much larger scale, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's a tremendous comparison. That'd be a very interesting episode to dive into as well. So, now we have three more quotes just to describe kind of the nitty-gritty of what the battles are. So if you want to skip ahead maybe a minute and a half, I'm going to be talking about some dogs and some dogs dying. Hmm. So these are from uh, apparently my boy, Tony Beaver, <laughs> T-Beeves. 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 Uh, in his book, The Faithful Siege, or Stalingrad, The Faithful Siege. So in this quote that I'm about to read, he's talking about trained dogs that were brought up to place bombs on tanks. So these, quote, mine dogs, (laughs) trained on Pavlovian principles, had been taught to run under large vehicles to obtain their food. So the stick, so the stick of 
dynamite, the sticky grenade, which actually was invented in World War II. The stick catching the underside would detonate the charge. Most of the dogs were shot before they reached their target, but this tactic had an unnerving effect. So the Russians used these dogs to combat the German tanks, basically using Fido to go underneath uh, a tank and or go. a motorized vehicle, it, thinking that there was food underneath it, and it would its back, the dog's back, would hit the bottom of the tank or vehicle, ignite the charge, and kablow. Salute to the good boys. Honestly, I might just pour this entire bottle out for those dogs. I'm standing up, saluting for the boys. (laughs) And over the heart. (laughs) But the German soldiers uh, made use of Stalingrad's orphans uh, in terms of daily tasks, such as filling water bottles, uh, which were very dangerous because Russian snipers were coming for that ass for the uh, German troops. Um, at and least they shot wasn't at for the orphans. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> at least they weren't coming for the ass of the orphans. Uh, mm. So, for the promise of a crust of bread, they would get the Russian boys and girls to take their water bottles down to the Volga's edge and fill them. When the Soviets realized what was happening... Red Army soldiers and snipers shot the children. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> wow. Now has the saddest topic, Jacob. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it was their own people, and they were just ordered to take out, because this was the only way for Germans to get water. Yeah. Not an excuse, but it's holy not great. cow. I was looking into the, the uh, list of some war crimes from World War Two, and ah, that's just not like fun. It should be one. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, war crimes abound during yeah. World War Two. And this is in World War Two. There's a lot of war crimes that weren't even considered war crimes at the time. Like I think it wasn't till like '87 that like wartime rape was considered a war crime. Really? Yeah, until like a council agreed on it. It was like 87 or something like that. Because I was just blown away by how late it came into that. Right. They might have brought this up on another episode. I forget I forget which one, so I can't plug it. But uh, that happened a lot with in the city of France when the Germans took it. After the French took it back, uh, they paraded uh, women in the streets who had sex with German oh, soldiers. Yeah. Uh, shaving their heads, and they were typically naked and paraded. Well, they'd kill them sometimes. And, yeah, that that as well. I just watched a really messed up horror movie last night, which that's fun to do by yourself at night. <laughs> um, You're a wild boy. Holy cow. <laughs> but it was, like, a movie that was on a bunch of lists for being, like, a, the most disturbing movies that you'll ever see kind of list. Oh, boy. And uh, that came into play that... I don't re- wait. What I don't even remember what I was gonna say now. I just lost my entire train of thought. <laughs> oh yeah, now I remember. Hey, there's the train. We got it back. It's <laughs> back in the station. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the scenes in the movie, there's a woman talking about uh, these people that died for some reason or another, and one of them was uh, a picture of a headless like French woman, and I was like, this woman slept with a German officer, and look what happened to her. Oh my God! It Jeez. was obviously. A fictional horror movie, but I mean, oh, the, oh, I the mean, idea like, oh my stands. God, how did you watch that by yourself? Oh, no, yeah, it was, it's not fun. Mm. 
Got a lot of images in my head that I don't want to have in my head anymore. Did you sleep last night at all? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've I've literally watched horror movies every night this week. Nice. Spooky season. Dude, someone loves spooky season so much. I'm so ready. (laughs) Still September. (laughs) I got to get ahead of the curve. (laughs) Yeah. So just one more quote that I have from TB's book. uh, And just talking about how ferocious the fighting was. The close-quarter combat in ruined buildings, bunkers, wine cellars, and sewers was soon dubbed, was soon dubbed Rattenkrieg by German soldiers. It possessed a savage intimacy which appalled their generals, who felt that they were rapidly losing control over events. One German general said that the enemy is invisible. Ambushes out of basements, wall remnants, so half a wall being there and just jumping out, hidden bunkers, and factory ruins produced heavy casualties among German troops. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Have some fries, motherfucker. <laughs> Cross your eyes, motherfucker. <laughs> Let's get five guys, motherfucker. I can't stop thinking keep of them. going. I can't stop thinking of them. I'm not going to stop you. All right, I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> so the German Air Force had complete control of the skies over Stalingrad by September, which added additional pressure on the Russian forces because, again, they just had free reign to basically destroy the entire city. So that's why Russian forces used the sewers a ton. Uh, granted, or excuse me, that's where they, the German forces, that's why they called it Rattenkrieg. Essentially, rats battle. Rats ass, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) But it's at this point that Russian workers that were not involved in weapons production were forced to take up fighting, often without any firearms. So they just gave your Uncle Bob a kitchen knife and said, go get him. Yikes. A little two by four. Go get them. <laughs> Just a two by four with a singular nail. Here's a sock oh with God. some rocks in it. Go get them. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, and then women were forced to dig trenches at the front lines. They used women because they thought that German troops just wouldn't shoot at the women, which, so from bad. all accounts, they never actually did shoot mm-hmm. at the women. Really? Um, That's just what I saw in my research. I mean, yeah. one point for the Germans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. They're on their Negative way. a billion. I was going to the say, they're on their way back to positive. It's going to take a while. <laughs> uh, by the end of fall 1942, the city was in complete ruins. And this is actually when Stalin famously declared Order Number 227, where he shouted, We're all, we got to kill all younglings. <laughs> all, the young, <laughs> all the younglings, yep. Uh, Stalin declared, Not a step back. Oh. Basically demanding that no one surrendered, and any Russian soldier or civilian that did surrender would be tried and, well, tried in quotation marks, and executed. Historians believe that during the course of these six months, there were 13,500 executions. Jeez. (laughs) Some of those do include POWs um, from my sources. Not a lot of them were POWs. They were mostly just... Either way. Yeah. 10 is too many. Yeah. And if you put in perspective, that's over 13,000 over a six-month time period. So it's like over 2,000 a day. 
or yeah. a month, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely insane. I mean, just putting, trying to put myself in the boots of one of these soldiers. That's just constant gunshots. Oh yeah. There's, there's never, never not a gunshot. Yeah, there's no quiet moment. Yeah. There was fighting during the day, of course, by the Germans trying to take positions, and then the Russians would always counterattack at night. So it's it's six months of wintry, snowy. Yeah, you're going hell. through the snow. Can you imagine this how much red snow there was? Mm. Just like soaking Oof. up all of that? Jeez. I didn't even think of that. Imagine a red <laughs> snowman. Oh. Be terrifying. Yeah, that would be scary. <laughs> So at this point, so at the end of fall, there were actually fewer than 20,000 Russian troops in the city when they started with over a million. Wow. Jeez. And they had less than, <clears throat> excuse me, they had less than 100 tanks, and they started with, I believe, is right around 875 tanks. So at this point, this is when Stalin's generals finally began sending reinforcements into the city and actually hiding reinforcements in the surrounding mountains, using that home field advantage. So Russian generals, George, yeah, Georgie, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Russian generals, Georgie Zukov and Alexander Vasilevsky, Jesus, (laughs) organized Russian troops in the mountains to the north and west of the city. And I'm not making up this next sentence. From there... They launched a counterattack, famously known as Operation Uranus. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Yep. I am seven years old. <laughs> Coming for that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's their own ass because it's their city. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Russian forces were able to form a defensive ring around the city by late November. Uh, excuse me, by late November 1942, trapping nearly 300,000 Axis troops. So to break it down, there's Russian troops, 20,000 Russian troops inside Stalingrad, still fighting off the Germans, uh, every single street in the city. There's 300,000 Axis troops fighting those 20,000. And around this entire thing that's happening, there's a huge amount, I believe it's six individual Russian armies so millions more men surrounding the city, surrounding the Germans, who are surrounding the Russians. What is going on? So it's literally just wall. a Russian nesting doll, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. I was True. thinking the, the walls from Attack on Titan. Like yes. Wall Maria, oh. Wall Rose. Yep. <laughs> Man, I can't wait for that movie. It's going to be so hype. So naturally, the Axis forces had no access to any supplies. And the Russian winter was just about to start. So you may be thinking, I mean, the German troops, the Axis troops, have a majority control of the city. Can't they just raid food pantries? Can they raid, can they raid you know, grain stores? Is there any livestock or anything? They killed it all. Yeah. That, and before the battle even started... Russian leadership made the decision to ship a majority of the stores of grain and cattle out of Songrad. So they got rid of all of the food, but they left all of the people. Yeah, what are they even fighting for anymore? <laughs> that's that's my legit next point. What a dick move. <laughs> like, the There's 400,000 civilians in that city. By the with way, a we're, million military personnel. By the way, we're taking all of your food. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, the river's right there, and the evergreen just got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, German infantryman Benno Zeiser wrote, The icy winds of those great white wastes which stretched forever behind, beyond us to the east lashed a million crystals of razor-like snow into our unshaven faces. Skin now loose-stretched over the bone. So utter was the exhaustion. So utter the starvation. It burned the skin into crumpled leather. It lashed tears from the sunken eyes from which over-fatigue could scarce be kept open. It penetrated, though through all uniforms and rags, to the very marrow of our bones. Well, because they're in a destroyed city, so they have nowhere to really camp out. Yeah, just they did not, not think the about elements. the, uh, just with how much they were bombing. There was nowhere to get inside. Yeah. Every single building was open. So you're constantly exposed to the elements. Unless you went in the sewer, but yeah. then there's just 20,000 Russian troops yeah. using that. Wow. No good. So after Operation Uranus, <laughs> pause for effect, <laughs> during Operation Little Saturn, the Russians began to break the lines of mostly Italian forces to the west of the city and got, and at this point, are very close to taking back Songrad. It's at this point that German generals abandoned all efforts to relieve their forces who were trapped in Stalingrad. But still, Hitler refused to surrender, even as his own men slowly starved and ran out of ammunition. And General Paulus, who was the German general in charge of all of this, of the Axis forces, wrote Hitler so many times, being essentially saying, send us help or we have to surrender. We're not even getting shot at this point. We're dying of starvation. Yeah. Mm. Very much paraphrasing at this point. <laughs> but Hitler replied that even their deaths would be great in the name of Germany. Again, horrific person, tremendous marketer, because historians believe, and there's actually documentation of Hitler talking to just other Nazi officials, that they were going to use, they were going to frame this last stand of the brave German army which was the 6th army of the Wehrmacht they were going to phrase this as just propaganda machine basically highlighting these people as heroes kind of to put in perspective for um, for us basically the last stand at the Alamo or something like that well the king of fake news (laughs) not wrong (laughs) really not wrong who was his propaganda dude what was his name it wasn't Gables was it no, um, I can't remember. Oh no, you're right. It was Joseph Gables. Okay. First Good old name, Joe. First name that I came in my head. Nice trivia question. Got it all locked up there. Yep. Just a bunch of Nazi information locked up in the old. <laughs> the noggin. Vizzies nice. usually get in the way. No. <laughs> 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 oh, it was Brandon... upside down too. <laughs> So, at this point, the 6th Army was surrounded by seven Soviet armies, so another million troops, in addition to the million that started. Just keep that in mind when we get into the uh, final death tolls. So, on January 31st, German General Paulus disobeyed Hitler and agreed to give himself up. Paulus, as well as 22 generals, surrendered, and on February 2nd, 
the last of 91,000 frozen starving men surrendered to the Soviets. Well, Over a million yeah. entered into Stalingrad for the Germans. And 91 didn't make it out. We're going to get into that. Um, but 91 left Stalingrad. Like 91 or 91,000? Sorry, 91,000. I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. That is crazy. So the loss at Stalingrad was the first failure of the war to be actually acknowledged by Hitler. So D-Day, he did acknowledge it publicly. This one, he actually did acknowledge. Uh, it put Hitler and the Axis powers on the defensive and boosted Russian confidence as it continued to do battle on the Eastern Front in World War II. In the end, many historians believe that the Battle of Stalingrad marked a major turning point in the conflict. It was the beginning of the march toward victory for the Allied forces of Russia, Britain, France, and the U.S. of A. So, results and death toll, and I hope you guys are ready to get a little sad. Nearly 2 million people were killed or injured during Stalingrad. Wow. To put in perspective, in all of World War II, 20 million military personnel died. 10%. (laughs) 10% just died in this battle. Or in the siege, let's say. Um, In the ending days of Stalingrad, the Soviets recovered roughly 250,000 German and Romanian corpses in and around Stalingrad. So just finding that many bodies just laying around uh, their city. Well, like as the snow melted, too, they probably kept finding more people. Oh, for sure. And they were perfectly preserved because it was so cold. Uh, Total Axis casualties, so Germans, Romanians, Italians, and Hungarians... Uh, believed to be more than 800,000 dead, wounded, or missing, or captured. Hmm. Of the 91,000 men that surrendered to Russian troops, only 6,000 returned to Germany. Jeez. Because the people that that surrendered died, or excuse me, were sent to Soviet prison and labor camps and most likely died there. And the last of the uh, surrendering men made it home a full decade after the war ended. So in 1955, what? the Russians were very stingy with their uh, slave labor. Yeah. Wow. On the Soviet side, official Russian military historians estimate that there were 1.1 million Red Army dead. Wounded, missing, or captured in the campaign to defend the city along with an estimated 40,000 civilians dead. Can I get an F in chat? Yeah. Big Fs. Yeah, I need a big F. Big F. Big respects. Pull one out. (laughs) And a a good number of civilians that didn't die in the actual fighting died being captured by the Germans, either getting popped in the head by a Russian sniper, unfortunately, or getting sent to German labor camps or death camps. You don't want to go to camp on either side. You do no. not want to go to <laughs> camp on either side, that's for sure. Mm-mm. So, only thing I have left in my notes, and I hope you guys enjoy just learning a little bit about this battle that's kind of shaped human history. Yeah, um, I mean, if Stalingrad goes to the Germans, I can't imagine anything slowing down 
those armies, the German army, mm-hmm. past Songrad. So, um, one of my key takeaways was never, ever in a million years, even if there's a fire, <laughs> invade Russia in winter. No, Napoleon tried tried it. Germany tried it twice. Just does not work. Never sneak up on a man who's been at a chemical fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I have for you guys. That's the Battle of Stalingrad. Crazy. Yeah, insane. Just Honestly, I just think people. about World War II all the time. and It's constantly in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it won't leave. <laughs> but just what a time in overall human history. Like those five, six years defined even still today. Just oh, kind of yeah. where we're at. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But yeah, hope you guys thought it was interesting. Um, I will not say fun, even though battles are a little bit fun. Um, but yeah. Definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's just crazy that it was literal fist fighting sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like, By civilians, too. Yeah. I mean, they just didn't give them guns. I can't like, imagine Get out there, Skippy. being pulled out of work and just getting told, go defend that street and just yeah. go punch those guys. Right. Right, I'll never complain about a bad day at work. Yeah, seriously. And they were were they just like lining up to fight each other, or were they like, oh waiting a little bit? Like, all right, you got it, that one. Uh, so from, sizing them up, I don't get it. From the research that I saw, the tactics, the civilian, the civilians would go first. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. whenever there was large charges, because like you mentioned, the war of attrition, they would just send mass numbers at like machine gun posts. Like in town squares, we literally just send bodies, and then ironically, one group that actually flanked them would be the one to actually clear out the machine gun nest. Yeah. It reminds me of like zombie movie tactics, literally, that's this, what I was like saying. where zombies Legit? just pile up. Like, mm-hmm. Wow, it's gotta ins- hit them with the flank. Insane behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's Songrad was. A huge turning point in human history and very sad. A lot of people died. Um, and it's a great thing that Hitler and Stalin both changed their ideals and morals after this and became better people. Yes. They looked at the death toll and was like, maybe we should stop yeah. with all the murder. Pause. Huh. Perfect. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah these. The World War Two has just so many crazy like you could do deep dives on like every single day of the of the war pretty much. Right, yeah. Craziness. And I have a World War Two topic that I'm gonna plan that's not very funny either, so we can look forward to that. History is awesome. <laughs> Would there be a World War Two topic that is funny though? I don't know. Could find you a could fun, find one, maybe. Probably maybe. find funny war stories. You could try. It's <laughs> probably something else. Actually, there. do you want a funny war story? Yeah. Yep. Please. So, General Patton, after Back you... when I was fat and. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. I just assume all these 20 year olds that fought for us were like. All they did was smoke. Oh, I mean, if I was in their position, I'd be chain smoking Marlboros. Definitely. That'd be the best way to die, probably. Honestly, suppose, at that point, yeah. I'd be like, fine, I'll just die laying down. Yeah. <laughs> just laying there. Just shoot. But uh, a funny story from World War II, General Patton liberated a French city. 
and his soldiers in the process of that liberation dug a massive latrine because dude's got to poop. Yeah. And after they liberated it and were about to leave, they obviously covered it up. One soldier wrote a <laughs> wrote a sign and placed it above that latrine basically saying like here lies I'm summarizing very much but like basically saying like here lies the fallen (laughs) (laughs) and the French town (laughs) built a whole memorial to the fallen thinking that a lot of like US soldiers French soldiers died and that's where they were buried Gerald Patton came there I believe it was a year later and saw that, and like the town mayor was like making an entire festival, like welcome oh General Patton back, talking about this huge, huge monument memorial that they built for these troops that died in this one specific area. Oh my god! And Patton just let it slide and just kind of laughed and said, <laughs> "Thank you." That's so funny. <laughs> but I guess you don't know any better. No yep. one tells you anything. True. I mean, there were, there was a sign. That's true. <laughs> I literally told you to do that. Right. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a nice heartwarming. There's World your War II. fun war story. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. Just a little bit of poop. Back to the carnage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doomslayer. Good old World War Two. It really is fascinating. It is. I'd love hearing anything about World War Two. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Future topic will be about for me will be about the because uh, World War Two saw the evolution of bombing, uh, when the United States bombed. Granted. We targeted things instead of just doing like carpet bombing. It's like what the Germans did um, until Hiroshima and Nagasaki when we were like, we're just going to destroy everything. Yeah. But up until that point, we were more specific with our bombing. So cool. Look forward to it. Sprinkle of a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> that was a <laughs> big the, sprinkle. That's the uh, book I'm reading while I'm down in Florida. There you go. It's called, if you want to read it, it's called The Bomber Mafia. <laughs> By Malcolm Gladwell. I thought you were going to say, if you want to read it, it's called If You Want to Read It. (laughs) If you want to read it, instead of me reading it, I'm just going to do a Sparks note. (laughs) You can fill it in for me. Right. All right. Well, Brandon's got next week's topic covered. Oh, boy. Yep. Definitely. (laughs) The history of golf. He's going to read all 200 PGA Tour winners. (laughs) I told him that if I beat him at golf today, that he would have to do the intro. <laughs> he skated underneath the radar yeah. and beat me. Yeah, I got lucky. Today, I don't think honestly. I don't never really gotten close to beating you. So. That, that was pretty close. That was a good one today. Yeah, definitely not too shabby. But Ev, I hope you have a good trip while you're gone. We'll try and keep things keep the lights on around here. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> hold down really, the fort. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> but before you go, would you like to uh, give our fans our social medias? You can find us on Instagram at Gems of History Podcast with a underscore wherever a space would be. Then you can find us on Twitter at Gems underscore History. Heck yeah. Brand, awesome. you got anything you want to plug? Absolutely nothing. Hey, well, go buy some Little Debbie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> not a sponsor, but. Not a sponsor. But. Kind of. Kind of a sponsor. <laughs> I mean, He's, we're working on it. We're, yeah. we're getting the paperwork. Oh my. I'll sponsor my body, let's say that. Yeah, that's true. Looks like it looks, true. looks like how it does. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Brandon. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Guys. Always a great time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, next week we'll probably be doing a group topic. I don't know. If, see if Mark's available. Otherwise, maybe we'll just have two guests on. Just 
hang Whoa. out and chill. Just party it up down here. Yeah, maybe we'll have more than two guests. Maybe we'll just have like six people on. We'll Screw figure it, it out. <laughs> Good luck editing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still only have three mics, so it's can't be that much different. Common uh, cup. Huh? Common cup. Common exactly. Mic. Just throw, set one in the middle, and I don't yeah. have to edit anything. Just True. let it run. That sounds easy. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Pray for us. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us at our email, you can email us at gemsofhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we still have some shirts left, but Evan informed me today that we are out of medium and large, I think. So we just have extra large and smalls. So let us know if you guys want more shirts, if we should get more in those sizes, or maybe you want us to run a new design for some shirts and we can get you guys those. But yeah, let us know what you guys think. Uh, get in touch with us anywhere and just add us on Twitter and tell us what you guys want or whatever. But we need your feedback before we order anything because we don't want to order them and then have nobody buy in. So let us know and we will go from there. But that's all we got for you this week. So signing off for this one and we'll talk to you maybe next week or maybe the week after. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, catch you later. Love Adios. you guys.